Mike's Daily Podcast. Welcome to Mike's Daily Podcast, the cafe anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley 10. Mike's Daily Podcast. The last place on earth, it's Mike Matthews, and you might be saying, I don't understand what he's playing at. He's saying he's at a restaurant, is that true? I don't know how to look it up because you know, and you knew that this is just an audio podcast not a visual one mike's daily podcast because you got to use your brain even on youtube it's just the audio but you got to use your brain to say mike's he's in a daily cafe podcast cafe anyway yeah and he's gonna talk to benita and the disgruntled fiddle player and the brewmaster i'll stop him by benita the rodeo queen and we'll also get to the segment, Let's Go Back with Matthews. Fascinating this. I like how British people say that. Fascinating this. The U.S. government took on Google recently. Google was founded 25 years ago. It was a small fish in a big pond of possible ways to search the web. We were talking about Alta Vista and Yahoo. And then the guys there at Google discovered a way to make it so that... When you do a search, it scans all the web pages. It looks for keywords. It looks for how many times that web page is looked at. It looks at other metrics that the other search engines were not doing at the time. Fast forward to today and Google controls 90% of the search engine market. Even despite the fact that Bing, Bing, that's the Microsoft one, Bing got a bump a couple months back when they introduced the chat GBT, the generative AI stuff on the, the Bing. Now people are, I think people are just getting confused with that. It is kind of difficult to parse out, hey, I just want to do a simple search that I'm used to. Oh wait, this AI thing wants to answer my question. What? And here's today's podcast picture. The podcast picture. Oh, the one yesterday was me and Roscoe, my next door neighbor's dog. And I actually walked Roscoe today, had a wonderful walk. I have not walked a dog since the late great Basil the Boxer. And we actually walked a trail that Basil and I used to walk. And it was very bizarre because all of a sudden I, I felt like he was there again. And I think that's probably why people, when they lose a dog, they rush out and get a new one right away. I was not going to do that because Basil meant so much to me and I felt I needed some time to grieve. But then he shows up on my podcast again. And he's like, hey, Mike, I'm still here. You can't get rid of me that easy. So I'm walking Roscoe, who is a Dachshund Pitbull Labrador mix. And we walked the same trail that Basil and I used to walk all the time in Podcaster Valley. And it was so wonderful. It was so like, oh my gosh, this is, I'm, I'm thinking all the things that, that, you know, oh, that's that tree over there. That's that, look out for the poison oak that's always right over there. There's poison oak everywhere. But I haven't been on that trail in five years since uh, Basil passed. Well, before Basil passed, about a year and a half, he couldn't walk those trails anymore because he lost use of his back legs. So I had to walk him basically with a harness where I was carrying the back legs and he would walk with his front legs. And this trail was too difficult to do it like that. So to walk that trail again with a dog, 
I was remembering all the times I had walked that and now it's full of poison oak. Did not realize because I have not walked that trail in a while. Poison oak is everywhere. You gotta be so careful in the Bay Area. MTV News. You hear it first. Spreads and it's a nightmare. And it's horrible and it's itchy. It keeps you up. Ugh. So that's just all what I got from the podcast picture that I posted last time with the FF episode called Mollify in honor of Mollify Shannon. No. Well, I just want to just um, thank everyone for joining us here on this show. This is great. Mollify Ringwald? No, Mollify. The word Mollify. Because we were talking about pets and dogs and that it was a political dog day. I think today it is, but I don't know what day you're listening to this. It could be any day. Political dogs. Yes, dogs and politics. Dogs have Baloney. found themselves in politics in many, many ways over the years. And we discussed that on the last podcast. So go to that one called Mollify. FF episode 2678. But this is FF episode 2679, 2679. I know I'm a bit scattered at the moment, but we're going to get this back on track. Mike ripped someone a new one. The U.S. et al. versus Google is the U.S. government's biggest monopoly trial since 1998. And speaking of Microsoft, that's back when Bill Gates' Microsoft empire was taken to court over anti-competitive behavior. It was the late 90s. It was full of interesting types of music. You had a little bit of grunge. Oh my gosh! The bottom of the chart. Pretty good songs that never made it on the radio because people didn't think they were worth. But you know what? They come back up and people start playing them, and it's like, oh, where'd that come from? And no doubt doing their ska, reggae type thing. It was an interesting time in music. Uh, squirrel nut zippers doing that weird swing. Whatever that was That's a great album By the way In the afterlife You will be Having some serious strife So 1998 was the last time This all happened News Random The Department of Justice's case Focuses on Google's agreements With hardware companies Like Apple That make Google search The default option On iPhones And other devices Which is interesting Because Apple Had their own search engine For a while Called Safari I don't know Did they still have it? I remember trying to use it. Oh, yeah. Going, okay, this is doing what I think it needs to do. I don't remember really comparing them that much, but maybe that's not a browser anymore. Is it just a browser, not a search engine? Ultimately, it requires a lot of effort for someone to opt out of that default option, though, on iPhones. Maybe you could prefer another search engine. Matthews News. Still... Google claims that its agreement with other tech companies are not anti-competitive because, this is what they say, even though it may take a few clicks, a user is not blocked from selecting another default search engine. The trial is a costly distraction. It may possibly dent Google's long-term growth trajectory. That was according to Rob Black. I produce his... Podcast. He does the Rob Black show and he talks about money and stuff. And he's also on the 
As we go outside a cafe anyway Where we bring you Mike's Daily Podcast Somewhere in Podcastro Valley Ten, The last place on earth He also is on local TV station Cron Does a little uh, financial report In the nine o'clock hour And then there's the, also on He's on the radio station AM 1220 KDOW In the Bay Area That's a business talk station Mike's absolutely useless review. January 3rd, 2023. This was updated. This, uh, the best search engines of 2023, according to lifewire.com. They have Google at number one, but number two would be DuckDuckGo search. DuckDuckGo.com looks like Google. However, many subtleties make this search engine different. It offers some sleek features like zero-click information, wherein all your answers appear on the first results page. DuckDuckGo offers disambiguous prompts that help to clarify what questions you're asking. Most significantly, it does not track information about you and share your search habits with others. And there is... They, I know they sponsor a traffic report. One of the leading traffic report uh, radio stations in the Bay Area that does traffic reports, you know, on the 8th. They are, they were, I remember they were, I don't know if they still are. They were sponsored by DuckDuckGo. And then there's Bing. I've talked about them a lot. They offer you points. Microsoft's, Microsoft's attempt at unseating Google it is arguably the second most popular search engine today. In the leftmost column, Bing tries to support your research by offering suggestions. It also provides search options across the top of the screen, things like wiki suggestions, visual search, and related searches might be beneficial to you. Yo, the mic tip. The dog pile search, is that still around? Dog pile. Years ago, Dogpile preceded Google as a fast and efficient choice for web searching. Things changed in the late 90s. Dogpile faded into obscurity and Google became the leading platform. However, Dogpile has a growing index and a clean and quick presentation that is a testimony to its halcyon days. So they apparently... It's a search tool with an engaging appearance and a desirable cross... With, with desirable cross-link results, it says here. And then there's also Webopedia. I did not know about. They're one of the most useful websites on the web. An encyclopedic resource dedicated to searching technology, terminology, and computer definitions. The Micropedia Insanica. By the way, Bing. That I uh, did I mention the points thing? That if you sign up with Bing, you get points that you can then trade in for things like Starbucks cards, Walmart cards, Amazon, free Amazon money, that kind of thing. So that's a one of the plugs I give. But the slug for Bing is... <laughs> Well, I don't know what the sl- what the slug is. I guess maybe they could give you more points for the searches. Yahoo, that's still a search engine. It's a search engine, a news aggregator, a shopping center, an email service, a travel directory, 
a horoscope, a game center. It's been around since before Google. It's a breath of choice, a web portal breath. Oh, this web portal breath of choice makes this a beneficial site for internet beginners, it says. Then there is the Internet Archive. It's for longtime web lovers. The Archive has been taking snapshots of the entire World Wide Web for years now, helping users to virtually travel back in time to see what a web page looked like in 1999. That is definitely a trip down memory lane. What nostalgia that holds. And that's cool that somebody's doing that. Because the way Google looks now, it's fun to see how it used to look. The news bleed section. And you can also look for news that happened years ago. It's essential to think of the Internet Archive as much more than a web page archiver. It's a versatile search engine that also finds movies and other videos, music, and documents. You won't visit the archive daily like you would Google or Yahoo or Bing. But when you do need historical context, you should use this site. Outside of Cafe Anyway, somewhere in Podcastro Valley, Tin, look who's here. Hi, Mark. It's Benita the Rodeo Queen. How's y'all doing? I brought my horse today. It's a disgruntled player, tell you what. What? Wasn't there a search engine called Ask Jeeves? Oh my gosh. Does that still exist? Yeah, they had a building. They rented space or something in a building in uh, downtown Oakland. And it became known as Ask, just Ask for a while. What's the cliche of the week? 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 A questioning, answering, focused e-business founded in 1996 by Garrett Gruner and David Werthern in Berkeley, California. The original software was implemented by Gary Chevsky from his own design. What's the cliche of the week? 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 Is it still around? I guess we could see it. I guess there is an ask.com. Yeah, it's still around. So, yeah, 10 best documentaries of 2022, the 20 best podcasts of 2022 so far. Wait, what? Am I on there? I better be. No. Let's see, body stuff with Dr. Jen Gunter. Sounds like a cult Normal gossip Do you listen to any of these? Sisters who kill a true crime bro- a podcast Gosh, those are getting just so Any podcast that gets any listeners It has to be about crime Here I better talk about crime right now Uh I stole a banana No Alright and let's see, Mother Made Me, Roy's Job Fair. I don't know any of these. Okay, so ask.com still exists. Look who else is here. Oh, Mike, I make the delicious root beer hair Oh, thank you so much. <coughs> you know, I still have that cough. Mm. Oh, that's good. What's in that root beer? 
Mark, I put some cough medicine in it. Oh, you know, I think you could run into some trouble with the local law enforcement if you do that. But, yeah. Drink it right now, could you? No, I, I just did. That's what I was... Anyway, I cafe anyway, I'm still getting over that dry cough I got. I think it's just, there's so much stuff in the air. This time of year, you get beautiful sunsets, but the air is awful. Hey, so I guess that's pretty much what I was going to cover as far as interesting news type things. The real cost of owning a dog Speaking of dogs Like the one I was walking earlier Roscoe I do not own Roscoe But I know it was costly when I had Basil One time He hurt his paw Somehow I still don't know exactly how that happened And he needed to go into surgery That was about $1,200 For the surgery I'm sure And that was six or seven years ago the cost for that's probably shot up. It all depends, though, on the breed, size, age, and location. The lifetime cost of a canine companion generally comes to around $15,000 to $36,000. It can range as high, though, as $90,000. The cost of owning a dog can be estimated at about $1,500 to $9,900 per year. So like food and treats That can be $250 to $700 Some people get the freeze-dried stuff And give them the best of the best Because they just want to I never was that kind of a dog owner I was, oh, I'll get him the kibble from Costco And he loved it and he ate it People spend up to $50 for toys, beds This is the yearly cost Beds, they could spend up to $200 a year. I'd go to Costco for the beds. I'd get some good beds there for Basil. Collars can cost up to 50 bucks. Grooming up to $500. Veterinary care up to 2000 Pet sitters up to 300 Yeah, that's costly for the pet sitters. So average cost is about... On the high end, $824. The yearly total, like I said, about $9,900. Beagles are considered one of the healthiest breeds to own. The first dog to receive pet insurance was none other than Lassie. 49% on uh, Gen Z pet parents say they would stay with an employer that offered a pet insurance benefit And Costco now does have a pretty good Pet insurance program And that is according to Rob Black So with all that money you're spending On Pets Oh And did you know that Birkenstock Maybe you buy Birkenstocks I bought two pair of Birkenstocks in my life And I do not think they are the best things For your feet Personally, I had some foot issues after wearing Birkenstocks so much. Plus, they're open to the elements. You can get dust in there. Your feet get icky. But, oh, but you're supposed to wear socks. But I'm, I'm not a good German. I don't wear Birkenstocks. 
Birkenstocks did file for an IPO. They were founded in 1774 by Johann Adam Birkenstock. Steve Jobs wore a pair and it sold for $218,000 at an auction last November. And Coca-Cola now has artificial intelligence. They have designed a beverage designed to highlight its signature soda while drawing in younger consumers. And now, for your entertainment, the one, the only, Mike Matthews. It's pretty interesting. What What in the world was that about? Oh, new flavor. Oh, I see. It's a new flavor. Can that's a keyword that was omitted when I read that. I see. With the help of, it's called Y three thousand. That definitely is a good question. Why three thousand? Why drink artificial intelligence Coca Cola? I don't know. But yes, and. More than 100 million people in the U.S. have medical debt. Middle class folk, we carry the most. That's probably why we don't tip as much as we used to. Tipping 20% at a sit-down restaurant is still the standard in the U.S. But diners are disagreeing with that. Tipping at a full-service restaurant fell to 19.4%. During COVID, everybody was feeling generous. A wider range of restaurants invested in touch-free point-of-sale transactions. And all these screens created a new standard that we couldn't really live with. We all couldn't really live with with more opportunities to tip and options that can range from 15% to 35% for every single transaction. Even if it doesn't involve someone bringing you food. Oh, I'll just tip them. All they did was hand you a pack of gum. Why are you tipping them 35%? Two thirds of Americans have a negative view about tipping. Maybe I'm one of them. Higher prices due to persistent inflation have also left more consumers feeling cash strapped. Oh, that's absolutely true. Every single restaurant has raised prices to a crazy amount. We should go back to that internet archive and look at prices for just regular things at your local restaurant just a few years ago. Is it like three or four dollars cheaper back then? Maybe even five. Everything's over 10 bucks now. So tipping on top of that, eh, it's a hard sell. (laughs) Well, the increase use of surcharges has played a role fees for restaurant employees health insurance credit card transactions and even tap water make diners want to leave less well sure if the restaurants are all front loading all this cost to you in what you're buying why are you adding more money to it i know we're generous we're kind we're charitable good christian people tipping away but it's chipping away at people's patience. For restaurant workers, tips account for about 90% of their wage. Mike scavenger hunt. So there is that. But you know what that means? That means that. Or does it mean this? I'm not sure. I'm a little confused. I need someone to clarify. 
How much of this is misinformation? Misinformation research is bucking, buckling under a GOP legal attack. Lots of GOP legal attacks. Lots of Republicans attacking with lawsuits. Academics, universities, and government agencies are overhauling or ending research programs designed to counter the spread of online misinformation amid a legal campaign from conservative politicians and activists who accuse them of colluding with tech companies to censor right-wing views. It's led by Representative Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, and other Republicans in Congress and state government. It has cast a pall over programs that study not just political falsehoods, but also the quality of medical information online. Now, some people hear that and they go, oh, it's all lies. It's all lies. Anything that these people, that these company, that these uh, research organizations do. They're all in the, uh, the pocket of big tech, big pharma, Biden, everything else with a B. Facing litigation, Stanford University officials are discussing how they can continue tracking election-related misinformation through the EIP, which is the Election Integrity Partnership. It's a prominent consortium that flagged social media conspiracies about voting in 2020 and 2022. The coalition of disinformation researchers may shrink and also may stop communicating with X and Facebook about their findings. The National Institute of Health froze a $150 million program intended to advance the communication of medical information, citing regulatory and legal threats. Physicians told the Washington Post that they had planned to use the grants to fund projects on non-controversial topics such as nutritional guidelines and not just politically charged issues such as vaccinations that have been the focus of conservative allegations. So it's just, I know a lot of Republican right-leaning people, they hear this and they're just, yeah, it's all lies. They need to all be brought down. But what, what fills the play? What fills the space? Is anybody, we're just going to assume everybody is telling the truth? Is that, well, but if anybody tries to poke holes in anything, they, they're, they're, they're suspect. I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a crazy world. We have all this information at our fingertips, i.e., the discussion earlier, search engines, so many search engines. But then we don't believe anything that we're, that the information that we get. What a weird mixed up world this is when you can't believe anything. Up is down, down is up. The upside down world of uh, Stranger Things or Lewis Carroll world through the looking glass and all that. Hmm. I just, we, we need to do more research, but how can we do it if there's no info there that we can really use. It's very confusing. California Governor Gavin Newsom vetoed a bill yesterday evening that would have required judges to consider whether parents have affirmed the gender identity of their child amid custody disputes. Newsom argued that other politicians could use it as a strategy to diminish civil rights of vulnerable populations. The 
bill introduced by State Assemblywoman Lori Wilson, a Democrat, would allow courts to consider each parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity when making decisions about custody and visitation. Wilson said the legislation, which was called the Transgender, Gender Diverse, and Intersex Youth Empowerment Act, or the TGI Youth Empowerment Act, would require courts to recognize that the consideration of gender identity is in the best interest of the child. In, a, in case a parent were to oppose a legal name change process. And that is, while Newsom said he shares the commitment of advancing transgender rights in California, he won't support the bill because of its efforts to change legal standards for another branch of government. So I think there might even be some Republicans that applaud Newsom for doing that, even though the majority of them hate Newsom. So that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Or not? You know what is interesting? It's time now for Let's Go Back with Matthews. Let's, Let's go, go back, back with, with Matthews. Matthews. <laughs> back once upon a time, year ago, year and year ago, yours truly was on a couple different radio stations in the Ventura County area, one of them being KHA. I was there for 11 years, a country station. And we do some fun things. I broadcast live. I talk to people live on the air. Sometimes that would not go too well. And this was one of those experiences. It was at the Ventura County Fair 2003. And I'm at a location. Somebody is back at the station. They're running a board. You know, one of those big things with all the little sliders, the knobs and whatnot that control the volumes on different channels. And you see those at when you go to a concert, you see the big board there. Or when you see somebody recording an album, there's always that board. So somebody was back there on the board named Alan Jay. He has unfortunately passed away it, pretty young, too. It was back, I think, just a few years after this happened. And I don't remember the circumstances. I think it was some kind of health related thing. It may have even been a heart attack. I, I'm not sure 100%. I did not know him that well. But yeah, he he was a great guy to work with. And he would do his best to try and deal with the crazy show that I had called the Hey Santa Fe Cafe. So we were broadcasting from the Ventura County Fair. I have not heard this in almost 20 years. So let's give this a listen, shall we? On Let's Go Back with Matthews. What a great song. Hey, we got, we got uh, Susie. Hi, Susie. Hi. And who's this with you? This is Dennis. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Okay, Dennis has one of those really cool, deep voices. Say, so you couldn't hear anything going on because uh, the Johnny Cash song is playing so loudly and I'm being drowned out. Oh, Alan. I don't know what you... Uh, maybe his ears weren't working so well, but Wow. Yeah, so I do talk to people at the fair, and that was an interesting thing. And I think this is the only that, of course, was on cassette, because I had saved everything on cassette back then. 
And that's the only proof I have of being at the fair, which you can barely hear. All right, here's another exciting moment. Right now to the top eight today. And a visit to the nine o'clock preview room. It's the K. Hayes Santa Fe Cafe with Matt Michaels. Oh yeah, my name was Matt Michaels back then. So here's a little bit of being on the radio, doing the show, the K. Hayes Santa Fe Cafe. And this was about 20 years ago. K. Hey. Hey. Santa Fe Cafe. Thank you, Joe. On 100.7 KHAY Ventura. It's Can You Talk Like a Robot Night at the cafe. We got Rodney Redmond going to be in here in just a sec. Going to hear his new song and he'll be singing for you. I think it's like Star Wars related. I think it's Attack of the Clones, which is something you get um, if you don't eat enough uh, citrus, I think. Okay, Chris Cagle, Alan Jackson on the way. We've got Reba coming up next, and it is 11.30 on the Let's get this party started. Michael's interacting with a caller. Uh, in the fair poster, it has the red, white, and blue. Yeah, with that little boy sitting there. Yeah. Purchase it. They can purchase it at the fair, I'm told. Yeah. Um, so that's a courtesy of the red, white, and blue, Toby Keith. Yep. All right. Well, I'll play it for you, and you can enjoy it. Of course, the fair is over now, so... Maybe you'll find one who has one that can make a, a copy for you. American girls. Yeah, it is 100.7 KHAY and Toby Keith. I'm at Michael's at the KH Santa Fe Cafe. And the KH Cafe question tonight When you brush your teeth, do you get paste everywhere or can you keep it in the mouth? Hello. Hello, dear Matt. Say hi to my friend Katie here. Wow. Hello. Matt seems to be a, a little bit, uh, Matt, hello, come back there. Matt, come on. Ow. Oh, <laughs> yes. When you brush your teeth, Katie, can you keep the paste in your mouth? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, uh... How do I know if I'm a redneck? The difference between a redneck is if you mow your front yard and you find two cars, you're a redneck. Ah! Colin Ray in this life. For all I've been blessed with in Dina Carter on 100.7 KHAY working on a new album. Uh, hello, Katie. The KHAY. I get paste all over the place. I get it on Mars, too. All right. Just a little bit. me when he brushes his teeth I have to leave the house. Okay. He just can't. It's um hi Katie. Hi Mars. Hi. How do I know if I'm a redneck? Devin's a redneck is if you mow your front yard you find two cars you're a redneck. Oh. It's Phil Vassar. Wow that joke never gets old. I think just after two times it got old but and then speaking of old let's go back Almost to the 80s, but not quite. Here's 1990 and a much, much younger Mike in his early 20s. Number six, and it is getting darn close to midnight, isn't it? You can already hear the crowd beginning to beginning to form outside. They're beginning to, you know, form outside. You know, 
It's getting close there to midnight and 1991 on our heels. Coming up, Wilson Phillips, a song that made number five on our top 97 of 1990. The people at Platinum Music. Ooh, it's almost, almost 1991. We've only got about five minutes left till midnight. And we are counting down the top 97 of 1990 right here on Y97. Coming in at number four, the highest charting song by Janet Jackson. This is Escapade on Y97. Number four. Music 197, well, it's about a minute till midnight, and I've got my good friend, Dane Knight, on the phone. Dane, can you hear me? Yo, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I'm live. What's up, buddy? All right. Now, we are... Let me get some music here, you get, know. Get a music bed. Put it down. All right. Yeah, we, got, we We are live. I have about 150,000 people in this one bedroom. No. <laughs> Definitely broke the sound barrier there. Okay, so now uh, countdown there. Uh, Are we gonna count down from what? Ten? It looks like we're coming to about twenty. Here we go. Ready? Wait, let's give me a countdown to ten. We'll start counting down to ten. Okay, Everyone's ten. naked in here. here. I don't know what the problem is. Here we go. It's coming up to ten. Woo! Ready? Yeah. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. You know what I you know what I have to say, Mike? What do you have to say? You know, I, I haven't said this yet. If people are drinking out there, make sure you do not drink and drive. That's a good idea, Dan. Definitely. Party safe. That's Woo! definitely a good thing. All right. Well, Dane, this is uh, number three. This is Jane Child, Don't Want to Fall in Love. Oh, and love this song. All right. <laughs> we're doing the top 97 of 1990, and, and now we're in 1991. Happy 91 to you. Yes, you too, man. All right. You're having a good time. I had a great New Year's Eve. Party safe. I don't want to fall in love. I know. You want to know what number one is. Let's see. What was number two? Most Music 197. Well, welcome to 1991. Mike Matthews counting down the top 97 of 1990 with Paula Abdul coming in at number two. Opposites attract. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Most Music 197, Paula Abdul, Opposites of Track, number two for 1990. That must mean, doesn't it, that we're at the number one song. What could it be? I've been wondering, too, all this time, and I, I don't get to know until I just press this button right here. And I press this button right here. This is No Love by Mar Maria Carey, number one. 
you didn't understand her, she said, that's Vision of Love by Mariah Carey, the number one song for 1990 on Y97. Number one. Wow, the song that launched her career. You know, I did several New Year's Eve shows over the years. In fact, I did 1989 into 1990, and I still don't know where that cassette is. At some point, I want to find that. Uh, On the country station, I did a couple of midnight uh, runs all the way up to midnight and would have similar situations where I'd have somebody calling from their house, not from their bedroom, like that thing with day night. I don't know if he actually was in a bedroom, but he was cheeky. So we would then, yeah, have a bunch of screaming and stuff and shouting. No uh, old Lang Syne playing, sadly. But yeah, that's what we used to do. Isn't that fun? Okay, and one letter, let's go back. Uh, oh, about a year ahead as we move the time machine slightly forward to 1992. Yours truly was working at a radio station that was playing what was the early days of classic rock. We were like, hey, there were some great songs in the 60s and 70s. Why don't we start playing those along with the 80s music and maybe some 90s too. It was a station called The Bus 96.7. Here's a little bit of that. We've got Robert Palmer and Rod Stewart right after these. Happy holiday. The bus, 96.7. Look out for that black water there. It's not good for you. Stay away from it. Oh, there was some feedback. Oh, I'm not a DJ, but I play one on radio. The Buzz 96.7, Mike Matthews here. Monday through Friday at noon. What, what, what do we do? What do we do? Wait, we Warehouse Top 10 Countdown. Stephanie Rose comes in here, plays back songs made popular years and years ago. That was a Paul McCartney song. That was number one in, 19, I think it was the number one song of 1980. Some said he was dead. Alas, they were wrong. Witness the return of... Human. Diets are out and good sense is in. Do you know that dieting makes you fatter and often leaves you feeling tired, edgy, and weak? Avoid the pitfalls of yo-yo dieting and make Puke Man invades your radio with the sounds of overstrained personality, undernourished radio smoothness, and he sounds like hell. Tapes, newsletters, and access to the BioSlim hotline where your questions regarding health, wellness, and weight control... Hear Puke Man on a radio near you. Listen if you dare. Rated R for really wonderful. Oh, I was making fun of people that puke on the radio. That's what we call when people talk like this. Hey, everybody. Number one for Nightly Nightly on his Vision Alive. That kind of thing. So you don't really hear that so much anymore. Nowadays, you hear people talking on the other side of the room. Hey, it's really great to be here on your podcast. I think if we look at the world in general, right? That we see a lot of, you know, kind of this sort of kind of maybe this kind of thing. That's how people talk now. So far away from the microphone with lots of echo. Wow, you got a bonus today. What do you think about any of that stuff we covered on Let's Go Back with Matthews? You can call me at (laughs) 510-228-4640. Will you shut up? Liberty Nation Freedom Foam for All. That was more 
ways to reach me it's April. Mike's Daily Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye.